Our friend Alex Frank is back with us. Who does he think will be the breakout star of the 2023 TCU football season? We'll talk about it next on Lockdown Horn Drops. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. It is your team every day. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also find us uh, wherever it is you get your podcast against Locked On Horn Frogs. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And beside me, I have our friend Alex Frank, who's been on the show before. Uh, and we're, we're going to start here by talking a little spring football. Practice number six went down this morning. We're recording this mid-morning. And so, Alex, I'm going to leave this sort of open-ended. It can be a newcomer or it can be a returner who maybe you feel like didn't have as big of a role last season as you thought they should have. Um, who do you think will be the big breakout star this season for TCU football? Maybe somebody under the radar that not everybody's thinking about. Yeah, um, one guy I'm thinking of on the defensive end, so I'll give you an offensive and defensive player. One guy on the defensive end, uh, Avery Helm uh, from yeah. Florida, new transfer. Um, he's pretty scary in terms of how good he is, and he's pretty undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably going to get a lot of time, even though the defensive back room is so stacked. Um, but he's one guy to watch. Um, I'm pretty high on him as is uh, Jeremy Clark at 247. Um, everyone knows who that is, I presume. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he is definitely someone to watch. And then on the offensive end, um, one player I like, actually two players I like, uh, is Jordan Hudson. I think that um with turning to Jordan uh like you said um he, he is one guy that had kind of a back back end role last year and he's probably going to transition to uh maybe mm, he'll be more of a slot guy it'll and share more reps with Jojo and John Paul Richardson. Um, but he is a guy that was really highly touted coming high school. And he played really well against Michigan and got some really nice targets, really nice receptions. And um, I'm excited to see what happens with him. And then the other guy uh, that I'm really, really high on, and so is RJ Young at uh, Fox College Football is uh, Trey Sanders. So that's going to be very interesting to see because he's basically been injured for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all know how stacked uh, the depth chart is at Alabama. So, like, him transferring doesn't mean that he's – damaged goods he is a very very good player if you watch any tape or practices um you know he is a very very special talent and so him healthy 
you know, he also came out of IMG Academy, so he's been doing this for a long time. Him coming out of practice, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how well he translates this season. Yeah, those are good names. Um, you stole my defensive guy, which is which is good because we're kind of on the same page there. But I think Avery is uh, is going to be a special player for TCU. Um, offensively, I'll sort of hedge here. I mean, this is not like somebody who's out of nowhere. But I think Jared Wiley is going to have a bigger role in this offense. I feel like Kendall Browse wants to use the tight end more. I believe he wants to throw the ball over the middle of the field. And Wiley's one of those players that they used him in the red zone a lot early in the season, and they didn't completely get away from him. But I just always felt like there was a lot of meat left on the bone of what he could do offensively with that size and that frame. Uh, And I know they have to kind of use him for pass protection, that kind of thing too at times. But um, I'm excited to see what he can do in another year under his belt and and kind of in a leadership role. Um, And the defensively, yeah, I agree with you about Avery Helm. You know, one, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this guy, but one true freshman – I've heard a lot about it. I talked yesterday that Joe Gillespie was mentioned. His name is Jonathan Bax. Um, and so he's going to be playing this sort of outside linebacker role. I believe TCU is going to need someone to find a way to generate some pass rush. So I feel like he might be a guy that in certain situations um, could come in and, and get to the QB just with his speed and athleticism. And that can be a game changer, you know, this season for TCU. But, um, yeah, it's it's always funny. I think this player is going to be good, but Major Everhart's the player that we're hearing a lot about right wow. now. Yeah, um, which is awesome. It just, for whatever reason, it feels like the guy you hear about the most in the spring isn't necessarily like the player that always breaks out in a huge way. Yeah, though I do feel like they're going to have a role for Major. Last season, I did like an entire episode on Corey Wren, and I'm like, I'm not blaming him at all. I think I hope that he ends up being a really good player from this season. But I talked about how I thought he could be like the X factor for this offense, and then I don't really think he saw, you know, many snaps last year. But um, we'll, we'll move to an, another topic here, and, and I'll, I'll I'll pitch it to you after I give you my answer. The the most important game on the schedule. So I'm leaving this kind of open. You can interpret that however you want, Alex. Um, most important game on the schedule for TCU this year. I'm going to go with the Texas game at home, and I say that. Last season, during the offseason, uh, I was on the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable, and I said I had questions about Texas, and Josh Neighbors, who's my friend and who I like, basically called me an idiot and, and said that, you know, that was dumb. <laughs> look at look at their roster. They have Quinn Ewers. They have Xavier Werther. They have Bijan Robinson. They have, you know, a reworked defense. They're going to be amazing. Um, and they ended up being okay, but they weren't as good as I thought they would be. And they were also seven-point favorites against us. Yes, they were famously seven-point favorites at home against DCU and lost that game in a, a strange game, but still, you know, open. it would have been a two-score win if Max didn't, you know, throw up on himself and fumble the ball there. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, whatever. It, no harm, no foul. Um, but I, I feel like this season they will be picked to win the Big 12, I think, in the preseason. Not that that really matters that much, but – uh, and I just imagine they're going to be a good team. And also, like from a fan perspective, it's the last time you're going to play them. Yeah. I assume for a really long time. And TCU's had a ton of success against them in Big Twelve play, and it'll be really nice to end it with a win in Fort Worth and sort of put a stamp on that. But 
Uh, Alex, what's the most important game on the schedule in your mind for TCU football this year? Yeah, so I agree with you, um, but I'm going to be a little contrarian. Okay. Um, so I'd say the most important game is actually November 24th, and that's going to be uh, TCU at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Or if, if we're playing, I mean that last five game stretch is absolutely brutal. Um, yeah. But if we are playing as I think we should, and you know, I think it's realistic to go, you know, nine and three, ten and two. That's gonna be like a very important game in terms of conference championship. Mm-hmm. Because Oklahoma is, you know, yes, they choked all the time in the CFP. We can make fun of that. They're still a dynasty, right? So I, I'm willing to bet that they'll be they'll be much better than they were last year. Six and six is like their worst record in I think like 30 years or something like that, which is insane. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma just because of conference championship uh, uh, ramifications. And then for most fun game and most interesting, I'm going to go with Colorado. Home home game opener. We don't know anything about that Deion Sanders team. Literally nothing. Like, it's all freshmen and transfers. (laughs) Uh, so it'll be really interesting because we know he brought in a lot of talent, but it's also very inexperienced team as a whole. Um, we don't really know how proven as a coach he is at a power five level. So that's, that's a very interesting game to keep an eye on. I'm glad that game's at home. I mean, I, I feel like that's the type of game that CC might struggle to get their footing a little bit, especially as you said against a, a group that they can't really scout. And so, uh, I'm just I'm happy that it's at home and not in Boulder, where if they jumped out to like a ten nothing lead, then all of a sudden their crowd's going crazy and maybe right. it's a little a little more complicated. Uh, before we move on to some basketball talk, uh, what are what are your thoughts? Are you excited, Alex? That we're hearing out of camp that this team is running at a fast pace on offense. You know, they, they use tempo like situationally last year, but it really seems like Kendall Browse wants to push the pace, snapping the ball like every 11, 12 seconds. Um, does that get you excited about the possibilities or do you give you some reservations about taking care of the defense next year? Um, yeah, I, I have mixed emotions on that. I'd say, I'd say it's exciting in the sense that, you know, we temp- we typically see up-tempo teams in football uh, do pretty well. I mean, obviously this is an NFL, but, you know, KC is a decent example of a – or Philly, very up-tempo teams. Um, yeah, it, it does, it does uh, concern me a little bit just in terms of, you know, the – uh, the fatigue that players are going to take on, right? Because that's a very high snap rate. Um, and I don't think people truly understand how taxing that is to go that fast. Um, and so that that's the main concern. I, I don't really think it should have 
Um, yeah, no, it, it, that's a great point about the defense because, I mean, they're not going to have much rest either. Um, so, yeah, I'm very uh, skeptical about that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, tempo is like anything else. It doesn't necessarily make you good. You still have to execute, but it can be a helpful tool if you can uh, do it at a high level. Okay, yeah. When we co- yeah, when we come back, uh, TCU basketball has a press conference today. We'll speculate a little bit about what we think that's about. I do briefly want to tell our, our listeners about FanDuel, though. FanDuel, you can download their safe and secure app. You can start wagering today. Um, if you're interested in the NBA, there's plenty of bets going down as they come down the wire here in the regular season. Major League Baseball kicks off tomorrow. Jacob DeGrom getting his first start for the Rangers against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, you can also go to fanduel.com slash locked on and take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal. Put as little as $5 down, get up to $1,000 in bonus bets, parlays, prop bets, or just traditional money line bets. You can do it all at FanDuel, either on their app or at their website. FanDuel is where the game starts. So, Alex, today at 11.15, we're recording this at 10.20. I imagine most people will be listening to this after this press conference happens. Yeah. Uh, Mike Miles and Jamie Dixon are going to speak with the media. I don't know anything for sure. If I had to guess, I would say is Mike – announcing that he's uh, going to enter the NBA draft um, and that TCU wanted to give him a moment, you know, because he was such a special player. And so that in itself is not surprising. But what do you think about, you know, I guess first what Mike Miles did while he was on campus and then moving forward, how TC tries to go about uh, replacing his production over the next few seasons. Yeah. Um, so – I mean, what he did is kind of, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've made, we've made the tournament two years in a row now, now, and within the top 50% of seeds. Uh, So, and then before then, um, I mean, it, it wasn't a rare, it, it wasn't a common thing at all, um, especially before Dixon arrived. So I think that combination of Mike coming in, like, yes, we're all disappointed about how that Gonzaga game ended. I'm still kind of in denial. Like, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we didn't get some calls. It is what it is. Um, but his impact, not just on, on the floor in terms of results, but actually translating for years to come in terms of player access, you know, you look at the recruiting, we're trending up and have been for the past three years. Um, so all of this has to do with the recent success of that program. Um, so that can't be understated. And yeah, I, I think he'll declare, um, but I'm not necessarily sure if he won't pull out because he might not like his stock because, you know, size is a big thing. And yeah, from a skill perspective and athleticism perspective, He's 
if he had three more inches, he'd be a first round lock. I'm willing to bet on that for sure. But, you know, because he is six one as a combo guard, you know, that's very undersized with how the NBA plays nowadays. So um, I mean Doncic is six foot seven. So um it kind of gives you perspective on that. So I, I mean, there's a possibility that he could come back despite declaring. Um, mm. And that goes with Emmanuel Miller too. I know we're not talking about him, but he also declared um, for those who don't know. So that, that is, uh, that's something to keep an eye on how this all shakes out. Right. I mean, Mike is not, he's showing up sometimes in the second round in some mock drafts. But he's not a first-round pick, at least projected to be. I, I think he's gone. I, now he's going to maintain his college eligibility, I'm sure, and that door is always open. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the tricky thing for him is if it, if it really is about the size, which I agree with you, I think that's the main hang-up here. He's not going to get taller in a year, and you know, yeah. there's there is the option to get some nil money and um, continue to play. But you kind of done what you can do. I, I feel like it would benefit him more to maybe sign a two-way contract potentially and see what he can make out of it. But, um, yeah, he's a special player. Emmanuel Miller, I, I, I think he'll be back, but he can test the waters and and see what happens. Um, so, Alex, what are your feelings? I mean, they they made it to the round of 30 series two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, next season appears to be kind of a rebuild year. I, I, I think they'll have to hit the portal pretty hard here in the next few weeks. How are you feeling about Jamie Dixon kind of moving forward? I think he's earned the right to rebuild this roster and sort of see what he can do with it. But they are sort of they are sort of stuck at this plateau in two consecutive yeah. seasons now. Yeah, I mean it's it it was a very frustrating round of thirty two. Um I think the biggest thing is seeing if A we can I don't think getting back next year is that big of a concern, um, but uh, like I don't think the rebuilding process is going to be as drastic as we think it's going to be um, because he's very good, just like Dykes in the portal. Um, pretty much that entire team came from the portal. Rondell Walker, Emmanuel Miller, um, Mike Peavy, like yeah. pretty much the entire roster. Um, and so I'm, I'm confident. And then, again, we have a, a few recruits coming in. One of them, Jace Posey, his dad was NBA player. He's pretty good. He's top 100 player. Uh pretty excited about him that's like new level access in terms of talent um and but yeah it's not going to be what it was this year where you you know you legitimately have an elite eight caliber team and um you know that we'll just have to see how it pans out in the portal um but yeah i think the thing with mike is he needs to you know, if I were him, I'd shoot my shot right now because ultimately, like you said, he's not going to get any taller in the next year. And 
because there is so much roster turnover. Um, you know, he can't he can't do what he did probably again with without the necessary pieces, right? So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, Isaiah Manning also coming in in that 2023 class, uh, six seven guard slash forward out of Mansfield Legacy, um, which is cool. I think both those guys, Posey and Manning, from what I've seen from them, they look similar to a lot of players that Jamie has on the roster now, which is like high athleticism, uh, high upside, just not great shooters. So hopefully they can address yep. some of those things in the portal. Uh, we'll come back in a second and talk about some baseball. But congr- if, if it is Mike declaring congratulations to him and best of luck to him, you know, matter whatever his decision may be. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll wrap up with some baseball thoughts. All right, closing up shop here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Alex Frank, kind enough to join us today. Um, so TCU baseball, they have now won six in a row, which is exciting. Um, they get a victory over UTA on the road yesterday with a win, 14-3. to Braden Sloan gets the victory, goes five innings, only gives up two runs. Um, Alex, are you feeling better about this team? I mean, they've won six in a row. They've played bad competition, but they swept Kansas over the weekend. They get a midweek win. I'm assuming you feel a little bit better about their prospects now that they've gone a little bit of a winning streak. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit better, but um, truth be told, I might have jumped the gun um, when when you put it that way. I mean, it's uh, the competition has not been, you know, elite or great. Um, it's not. It's not the level of competition that uh, we we tend to see um, them play against or assess the talent. Like, as for, for example, that first weekend, mm-hmm. he, that was a great test, and like seeing how you know, how, like how our talent stacked up. Um, so I, I think the bigger test is the. Texas Tech series, which starts Friday. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a, that's gonna be an interesting series. Texas lost four in a row. They got swept by Texas, and they actually lost to New Mexico last night on the road. Um, so I imagine they're gonna come out with some energy and, and trying to get back on track, especially Friday night. Uh, the one thing, the here's the two things I'll say about TCU baseball right now. I think you haven't learned a ton about them lately because of the competition, but. Uh, they played cleaner baseball. I didn't look at the box score from last night. I know over it was the like fourteen to two or something like that. Yeah, the final was fourteen to three. Um, they only had one error last week out, out of five games, which was a lot better than they had been. You know, playing in the field, they haven't been kicking the ball around, and they're obviously hitting the ball better. Part of that is the pitching that they're facing. But um, Anthony Silva hit two bombs last night, and. The, the biggest reason I have optimism for Kirk Sarloos beyond this year is the fact that guys like Anthony Silva, Carson Bowen, you know, we saw Braden Sloan last night throw well, um, Chase Hoover, uh, Cole Klecker, Luis Rodriguez. There's a lot of young talent on this team that I think, given the chance to foster and develop over the next few years, can come together and be really good. Uh, but, yeah, Texas Tech this weekend, always tough to win in Lubbock. Um it's kind of like a little league field with the wind blowing out, and they definitely take advantage of it with that lineup they put together. And so we'll see what they do starting Friday night. Alex Frank is here with us. I'm Stephen Simcox. Thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Horn Frogs. 
It's your team every day.